Welcome to Break It Down, a ScanSource podcast brought to you by Cisco. On this podcast, we take complex tech topics and break them down for the non-tech listener with your host, Ian, Kyle, and Philip. All right. It is another edition of Break It Down, a ScanSource podcast brought to you as always by our friends at Cisco. As always, Ian, Kyle, Philip, guys, how we doing? Doing great. We said it's weird. We're doing this in the middle of the day, which is weird. Yeah, it is weird. A little earlier. I kind of like it. We'll see how it yeah. goes. Feeling feisty. The topic for today, boys, is video conferencing. So I think it's obviously something that's become very topical over the past year. Something that we've all, if we were not familiar with it previously, become familiar with. And something on the surface that I think seems more fundamental, but I think once you start digging in, not only does it grow more complex, but I think it also pays homage to homage to uh, a lot of the topics we've covered over the past several months. So I think we'll probably get into some AI discussion. Obviously, it, it's all over the cloud, though, so, and, and security is always a concern. I already feel itching to talk about it. But let's start, Kyle. I mean, tell, tell me what the first video conferencing call. Who is the Alexander Graham Bell of video conferencing? This one doesn't have a date you can circle. Uh, I think we've run into a couple of those recently. You can trace the history of video conferencing, video calls, video telephony, whatever whatever word you want on Wikipedia. You can trace it back as far back as the late 1800s, like conceptually. So it didn't really become a thing until television became more mainstream and widespread, which was, you know, 1920s or so. So you said Alexander Graham Bell, but I mean, we're literally talking about, we just, you know, technology existed to make a phone call. The next adaptation of that is, let's see if we can add images to phone call. So I'd say early 1900s is really when it started. It didn't look anything like, obviously, what we do today. It was more about point-to-point calls and being able to, it's a FaceTime call. It's the predecessor to a FaceTime call. So now we use video conferencing for everything. We're doing a podcast and we can see each other because that's how we work. That's how we collaborate. And it's easier to engage with your audience when you can see them. So uh, like you said, it is so uh, rapidly evolved if you can consider 100 years rapid, but uh, critical part of everyone's life now. Well, I would say 100 years, but it's rapid, rapidly evolved in the past year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like there the amount of evolutions and revolutions to the software that and additions have been incredible in the past year. Yeah. Well, if you, uh, I mean, if we can geek out for a little bit at the beginning, of course, I think that's why you guys invite me to this. But if you think about things like saving images, just pictures, and and how large a file is when you save a picture, a JPEG or a PNG or anything like that, video conferencing is the essentially, fundamentally, is the transmittal of those images across a network. So the amount of pixels on a screen dictates how large the data is. And so the things that have been evolving over time is the compression, right? So, I mean, you now have high resolution. We're we're talking 8K resolution now uh, in the consumer world. And those are very, very 
deep images, very large images from a uh, storage and bandwidth standpoint. So what you're starting to see is not only the evolution of suppression codecs to make those images smaller and therefore easily more easily transmittable, but also all the cool bells and whistles, the new features that are coming out to make video collaboration more immersive. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, you start getting into alphabet soup when you talk about the technology behind video conferencing. Um, Most of it's SIP protocol with media payload attached to it. There's H.264 and H.265, like all these, every technology we have has an alphabet soup seemingly. So just like we talked in the 5G and Wi-Fi 6 one about how technology continues to evolve there, this is very similar in video conferencing space because the experience becomes more immersive, the payload becomes larger, which saturates a network, which requires faster networks it requires more compression so there's the beginnings of some continuity for you ian from for some other episodes i like it so have they dumbed down the naming or nomenclature naming standards like wi-fi 6 no still not i mean if you look at uh you know the old the resolutions that you might know of vga 480p 1080i like those things you, you know them because you've been exposed to them so much, but they don't make any sense to, to the layperson. That's, you know, resolutions is all about how many lines are in the image. Lines, horizontal, vertical is, you know, your other dimension. Multiply those two things together. You get the number, the, the amount of resolution, the number of pixels, therefore the size of the file, you know, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's... We talk about it, and now it's starting to get into the 4K, 8K thing, which is easier to say than 1080p, 1080i. But all the the underlying technology, like the the compression codecs, now they're still the newest one is H.266, which hey, let's call it something else. Let's call it like Wi-Fi yeah. six, like you said. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Let's dumb it down here. Yeah, let's make make that more uh, relevant to uh, consume. But yeah. How much credit do the Jetsons deserve? I mean, they're, they've got to be the first, at least cartoon, but I was going to say TV show even, to really debut video conferencing as an idea. See, when I think about them, I immediately go to 3D printing food, and I go to robotics. Like uh, that, those, But yeah, they get, they get all the credit in the world. I mean, that's, they were ahead of their time. Yeah. How often, I don't know if it's just me, because my, my dad actually asked me this. I don't know the last time I was on a phone call for work that wasn't video. And for him, it's the opposite. He, ha- he has to call me and test, web- test, a- test WebEx. He has to call and test WebEx with me every time he needs to do it. But like, y'all, are y'all, y'all still picking up a phone and not using video or is it 100%? For work, I've not talked to someone not on video in a calendar year. Same. Yep. I don't even push the button to do an audio only call, I do a video call, which I'll tell you what, a year ago felt intrusive. Um, it was, it was almost offensive to receive a blind call where you expected to have the camera on. Now it's expected. And, and I, I answer blind video calls all day long, but yeah, it's, um, now over here on my personal device, it's audio only if that. So uh, that's interesting because I'm the same way because I still, and we've talked our shout out to our producer, Gabby. She's a huge FaceTimer. 
And I would have thought that naturally over the past year, I would have kind of adopted that because of what you just said. It's, it's become so natural to have this face-to-face communication. Maybe less, I think, I FaceTimed. I heard a comedian say one time that uh, the phone app is just the seldomly used app on my phone uh, because today's culture, everybody texts. But honestly, I think the difference between what we experience in the business world and what we experience in the consumer world is that your phone is not stationary. So you get the Blair Witch Project experience of uh, or motion sickness of this person bouncing around while they're holding their phone where you and I are sitting here talking with fixed cameras and fixed microphones. We can move around without creating a bunch of distraction. Yeah, it's also a terrible angle. Shout out to sales trainer Hutch, Philip. You want the video camera above you looking down. And naturally, when you're holding the phone, the camera is looking up at you. And boy, oh boy, is that a bad angle of me. I don't have a lot of good angles, but up is a bad angle for sure. A laptop's the same way. I actually, when I have to do a video call from a laptop that is in a professional sense, like, you know, talking to a partner or something, I elevate my laptop on a set of books or a box just so it's like square on because a laptop camera is naturally tilted back looking up at you too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got the history. So here we are today. I think it's become very much commonplace. Everyone has been doing, you know, video conferencing with their families for holidays and happy hours. And it's become pretty much jargon at this point, I think. But I mentioned it, we've kind of seen this huge evolution over the past year. So I was at Cisco Partner Summit in November 2019, and they announced board backgrounds and virtual backgrounds. And I remember thinking, boy, oh boy, the future is here. Because at that point, it was such a novel concept that like, oh my God, you could, yeah, if I was in a cube, you could blur the background behind me and you don't got to worry about Joe walking by and... We're set. And now I can't imagine life without those things. Yep. And that was, I mean, legitimately 15 months ago to now is we went from like the future is here to like, well, what's next? What like, when are we getting holographic technology? When are we, you know, I want to, I want Luke and Leia here talking to me on a hologram. So to you, I guess, let me pose this. What's been the biggest evolution in the past 12, 14 months? And what's next in your opinion? Yeah, for me, um, I think, so uh, this is not a direct answer to your question, but I'll get there. But we always talk about digital transformation, that this pandemic forced years worth of, of technology advancement in a matter of months. And so what, you, what you're what you experiencing right now and in, in your, your example is exactly that, that now that we're all home and we're collaborating remotely, the technology has had to rapidly meet our expectations of how we collaborate. So there are things like digital whiteboarding that you can do in video conferencing. That's not new. It's been around for a while, but now you're starting to see it promoted more because that's how people work when you're live in a conference room together. Uh, We now need to support that feature uh, in remote sessions. Uh, I think one of the the things that I'm using it today, that's just magic is, uh, whatever brand name you want to go with, acoustic fencing or noise cancellation or whatever. I'm using a SaaS platform that runs on my computer that drowns out background noise. Like we've uh, we've done testing with vacuums. I took a big baseball guy. I always have sunflower seeds nearby. I've taken a bag of sunflower seeds and just I shake it over the microphone and you can't hear it. So it's 
that type of technology, again, not new. You know, things like the, the concept of an acoustic fence has been around for years. But now, with so many people adopting this type of technology, there's been advancements not only in that technology, but also in, in the promotion of it. I got another, I see Phil's ready to jump in here. I got another one that I love. I'm going to hold it because I bet he's going to go with it. No, I, I actually, the, what, the thing that's really interesting to me is the AI involved, where now I can tell you, like, I jump on a call and all of a sudden Ian's LinkedIn profile is fantasy football team and everything else shows up on the side of the screen. I think that's amazing. And the selective where it's showing the names under people in like larger conference rooms is pretty crazy. Yep. Yeah. So the, the AI element, like, you know, again, shout out to Cisco here. The, the fact that you can say, okay, WebEx and get that automated assistant style experience. Now, again, it's blending business and consumer worlds. There's another new feature again, not a not a product commercial here, but I love it. The the uh, emojis or gestures or reaction. Yeah, it picks up if you raise your hand. Yeah, you do a thumbs up and it sends the thumbs up, or you can yeah. clap. Yeah, so that so that kind of use of AI and by the way, a shout out to uh, to our cybersecurity brethren. But that's all facial recognition, Phil. What you just described, all facial recognition. It's uh, mapping images and, and processing the data in the images. So, uh, so those are that, those to me are like that really cool. Some of them are novel, but I mean, it's still again the whole point is you're trying to create a, an immersive experience with somebody on the other side. But uh, I think one of the other really cool features is real time translation. I mean, as we start doing, yeah, we're a global company, at least a, a, a multinational company, and. and to be able to communicate with someone in their native language, having the software do the real-time translation is just amazing. So, yeah, these are the futures. They're here already, though, Ian. One-click joining, like all the, all the joining of calls has been simplified, uh, self-adjusted cameras, like all of that stuff that, again, has existed. Some of this stuff has existed for years, just hasn't been widely adopted. I can build a heck of a relationship like this. I mean, I, I really, the adoption of it has to be saving so much money moving forward from a travel perspective. Yeah, I think, and and not only money, but time, and you're having more quality experiences. So I've never been a BD. I've traveled with them from time to time. But anytime you interrupt a partner's day by showing up, even if it was planned, Right. There's a lot of logistics around that. There's that. What time are you getting there and how do you get through the door? And then you got people walking you to a room. So there's all this disruption to the person that you're there trying to help just to get you into the door to talk to them. And then you got to, you know, let's be frank. Then you got to justify your time there. Like, do I get an hour? Do I get two hours? Am I just filling the time? Like, this is a much higher quality experience to have with a customer. You can join ad hoc. Rescheduling is is a breeze. You don't have to rebook travel. So you're a lot more flexible in how you can communicate with your partners. Well, I mean, not even and we didn't even get in we don't need to get into this. It's a whole rabbit hole. But I mean, you talk about SGNA savings as well. There's no travel costs, to your point, like rebooking, anything like that, hotels, food, expenses. I mean, all of that is saved because we can have just the same experience here. So why don't I trust people who have virtual backgrounds? <laughs> oh, because it's because the mystery. You want to know what's back there. You have a trust issue, Ian. 
I do. No, I've been thinking a lot about this because I don't. If you use it once or twice, fine. You have a dog running around. Like, I mean, my fiance takes calls in our, you know, the living room and that she'll use one because I'll be out and about and in there. Fine. But if you exclusively use a virtual background, I spend an inordinate amount of time wondering what's behind you and what you are hiding from me. And yes, it's definitely a personal problem, but I've all, I'm starting to come around on it in that I think it's going to be just a like a use thing. Like it's like when you know Facebook changes or Twitter changes, and everyone goes on like, "Oh, new Facebook's the worst." Okay, you know, oh man, video backgrounds are the worst. No, I think I'm in three months. I'm probably going to get used to it and forget that I ever even said this. It's change management. You're lucky though, because based on looking at the two of you. It looks like that your backgrounds would be pretty nice to you. Virtual backgrounds don't like my head. Like it's <laughs> shiny. like being ball. I kid you not. It, it ends up with this like halo, like fuzzy effect going. And so I feel like when I'm on calls with people and I'm on a virtual background, they're distracted by my head. They're getting yeah. better. Virtual backgrounds are they getting are, better. Got a lot better. Yes. Yep. I think uh, Ian. I think. I hate to make this serious, but I think the uh, the why of the virtual backgrounds is we're forcing people to use their personal spaces for business, and they oh, don't want to yeah. change. Yeah. They don't want to change their homes to accommodate what should have been a temporary, uh, you know, temporary setup. So, but I'm I'm with you. Uh, and to Phil's point, anytime I find somebody that whose uh, whose head breaks the virtual background. I'm always just staring right at the side of your head to see what's back there. <laughs> just in that little, little yeah. tiny window. They are, well, and that's, I think, obviously, as, you know, work from home first or, you know, the next normal, whatever you want to call it, becomes reality and that we are all from home forever, that I think you're going to see companies or maybe even people begin to invest in, you know, if it's not a green screen, at least having better lighting so that, like, our friend Richard Bliss, who we've interviewed and don't change the channel a few times, his virtual background looks entirely real. He said he gets people constantly commenting on like, I love your San Francisco loft. And he's like, I'm outside in the backyard in Ohio. This is fake. <laughs> but he has, because he has the lighting down. He has a fake table, like a virtual background table, but it, there's a real table that's in the same spot. So he can put things on it while he talks to you. That's different. And I think we're going to see that become much more of the standard in that people are going to make their space their own and kind of get comfortable. Like I, a couple of my coworkers use the same virtual background constantly. So I feel like, okay, like that's so-and-so's office and it's not, yeah. it's my, yeah. it's WebEx's background that they've used and just not enough people use it. And I now I'm starting to associate it with certain people. Yeah. Well, if you think about before we came home, there was big business in designing conference rooms to be just right for video conferencing, meaning lighting, where's the HVAC, how do you do noise suppression, echo suppression, all that stuff. So, you know, everything, lighting, every, everything you just said. And that's designing one room for business use. Now we just cast everyone to do try to expect that from home. Like Phil's got this crazy light coming through his garage door over there, bouncing off the side of his head. Ian's got the same background. Yours could be a virtual background for all I know, because you're always in this exact same spot. I always change this centerpiece item in my background just to have something new back here so that I don't look like I have a virtual background. So there's a whole art to this. Yeah. So what's next? Like, will we get to 
hologram. Will we get to more like, I don't know why this has been my buzzword this week, but like not heads, obviously heads up display doesn't really make sense in this, but like more to Philip's point, more data being shared when I talk to someone. What's kind of the next thing that's coming down the pipeline in your opinion? I want to be able to talk to you and have a system running over here telling you whether you're lying to me or not. Like this tattoo we <laughs> talked about. You know the tattoo we talked about on the other one? It's the lie detecting tattoo on the... I'm the an wearable. awful liar, so that already exists. <laughs> but I do feel like there's going to be this like sense of reading a human being that is going to be a very invasive... Like You're going to be interviewing for a job and they're going to be... You're going to be just hounded over where you're lying to the answers, where you feel comfortable. <laughs> like It's going to be amazing. Yeah, I think that's the... Uh, Ian, I think that's... My answer too, not necessarily that specific, but the fact that you're going to have more AI applications built into video conferencing where you will always have some form of software bot AI presence in your calls, doing things like transcribing or doing things like lie detection, doing things like booking a follow-up meeting or emailing out a Cliff Notes version of what was discussed. Like, And I know some of that stuff's here already. But to me, that's where we're going next. I'd also like to see um, document collaboration or you know, multiple con- con- contributors to a, a document. Uh, I, that needs to get better than it is today. That's, uh, that's out there already. I actually answered that in a survey I took the other day as like what I wanted to see next. Right now, we're collaborating with two senses, sight and hear. Imagine smell-o-vision. Imagine us uh, starting to get to the point where you've got something local that, you know. Phil's in a garage. I'll just pour some gasoline on the floor. And it is an interesting idea, though, because it's already used in like malls. And I'm trying to, there's like a, you know, like retail cons- consumerism. Like, you know, and Auntie, my favorite store in the world, Auntie Anne's Pretzels, like they pump out that smell. That's not like a natural smell. They're pumping smell out like Hollister and clothing stores pump out scents that make you like associate with that smell. So it would be interesting from like a personal branding standpoint, putting on my marketing hat, if that was like the next thing. I don't, I'm not for it, but it would be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be cool in certain uh, applications, not just for a random, hey, Phil, how are things going in your garage kind of call, but... If you were doing like a cooking class together, which I know we've done a lot of, like, yeah, let's, let's get the taco smell going here. I feel like this is like virtual dating. Like you're going to end up with like, yeah, oh, I, you smell so lovely tonight. Like <laughs> it would be really weird since that you're going to go down. And I got the lie detecting going on on the side. You lied. You, you, you're lying. This, was not, this is not going well because the lie detector over here is telling me. I don't know about y'all, but my family keeps asking me questions on things that we've covered. And I just keep saying, we podcasted about that. Go listen to the podcast. So, Hey, shout out to dads. You already mentioned yours. Uh, Mine gives me uh, recommendations on episodes pretty frequently. So my dad's not a tech guy. Turning on the computer is a landmark achievement for him on a daily basis. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think this is a good one. Again, it it plays off a lot of the other things we've talked about. I think it will continue to play off more of them as we move forward, as we talked with kind of artificial intelligence, a little bit of virtual reality, maybe even. So maybe we'll do a part two in a year from now and we'll we'll see what's changed because I'm sure there will be a lot. It'll be, we'll be holograms. We'll be holograms. Yeah. You're my only hope. All right. Great episode, guys. 
Today's interview is brought to you by Cisco WebEx. Cisco WebEx is a platform 95% of Fortune 500 companies use for their collaboration needs. WebEx Meetings brings people from all over the globe together. It's like being there in person even when you can't be. Join from any device and get HD quality audio and video and even share your screen. From online meetings to whiteboarding to file sharing with the whole team, work progresses with WebEx. It's how millions do their best teamwork.